Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, uh, Jocelyn. I don't know if you saw the news, but we may have cursed the universe last week when we talked about Nintendo making more movies. So Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I understand why this is the rumored next one, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. But um, yeah, the disappointment is palpable. <laughs> well, you know what they say? What's that um, saying at the end of that movie about prison break? It's uh, you got to climb through a mountain of shit before you... I'm, I'm, I'm messing this up incredibly. <laughs> it's a Stephen King I film. Like, I am so lot Shawshank Redemption. Yes, yes, there it is. Doesn't he have to like crawl wow. through a mountain of poop to get to the other side or something? I don't know. Just watch the movie. It's a really good movie. The end. Oh, spoiler alert! I guess. Whoops. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Shawshank came out in the '90s, so I think you're okay for that uh, 25 year spoiler warning there, Ryan. You never know. <laughs> Darth Vader could be his oh, father. Sorry, guys. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, speaking of spoilers, uh, we should say we are going to go full on spoilers into the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes, which is what we played over the weekend on our Extra Life game day. Uh, start to finish, although it was a very, very <laughs> bumpy start. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to go full spoilers. So if you guys um, don't want to hear what the what the I guess the the twist is or you don't want to know what's going on in the story, uh, maybe skip ahead like probably 20 minutes half an hour um because yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk all about house of ashes so this has been your spoiler warning for the two week old game <laughs> yeah and i'll have time codes yeah you, you can skip ahead to the news that we tease i forgot that you always do time codes man guys ryan is such a good co-host <laughs> it's minimal time codes uh it could be it could be uh much worse it could be games news but i try to mix it up and um, actually go by individual games just in case you don't want to hear me prattle along about um uh n64 games i was trying to think of it like a bad game no one wants to hear about but yeah n64 games probably a good one <laughs> all right so let's dig into it so like i said we played house of ashes off the start of our extra life game day which was this past saturday uh as far as i know my twitch account should still be set to save the vod so if you want to go watch um it was rough <laughs> <laughs> you might need now, to skip ahead about an hour yeah yeah i would say so so um we had a lot of tech issues just from the twitch side of things but then once we actually got into house of ashes we had a lot of technical issues and i think um part of it was that i was playing on a controller and I had it connected via Bluetooth and I like I was a meter and a half. So like, I don't know, six feet away from <laughs> to translate for Americans. Um, I was like six feet away from my PC with my controller. So I was like, this is fine. Like Bluetooth signal can go this far. Like I can turn my Bluetooth like um, LED lights off in my office from my bedroom. That's like two and a half floors away <laughs> so uh yeah anyways uh it didn't it didn't work i think it disconnected every what 10 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah i it think was it, brutal. it was uh so we did have some technical difficulties that weren't the game's fault but i feel like it is also worth noting that um the game was not cooperating with our twitch stream either like i think that it is a very uh, heavy game that uh, takes a lot of graphics horsepower 
And uh, I think that was messing with some of the encoding. Which is kind of weird because it's a lot of, um, I mean, it's a lot of cinematics. But at the same time, like I watch 1080 videos on my PC all the time and everything's fine. So I'm not really sure what the heck they were doing. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, definitely making things chug. Yeah. Well, it's all real time animation. Like there's no there's no like video files being prompted. But I think like, yeah, what, I guess it, it's one of those things where um, I, I someone when we started the stream warned like, yeah, it's a pretty graphically intense game and i'm like i remember them being very you know they're very good looking games but like at the end of the day i felt like oh well but it's it's rendering a very select amount of scenes a very select uh, amount of characters so it, it couldn't be that bad like how bad know. could it be yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> i was quickly reminded how bad it could be and we had to turn the turn the settings down but eventually eventually we did get to a point where the game was cooperating and we were remembering that you had to use the right stick to decide what to say as opposed to the left <laughs> stick and that happened to both yeah. of us uh yep so. there were a couple of times where there were these big heated moments and like <laughs> if you don't do anything like saying nothing or doing nothing is a valid option in these dark pictures games so <laughs> just standing there not saying anything and i'm sitting there and i'm like i want to yell at you why can't i yell at you and then it's like say nothing i'm like damn it yeah <laughs> it's like oh right stick not left stick whoops <laughs> and uh the game is is really interesting i i mean i think that uh after the first two entries in the series like we both really loved man and Madan. we experienced it separately mm -hmm. um that game was more uh, of a a psychological horror haunted boat type story that turned out in the end had like a, a twist ending that kind of placed it more in a realistic um, sense. I mean, uh, yeah. And you know, what? just before we go too far into it, mm -hmm. did you know that all of the dark pictures games are actually have some sort of basis on real events? No. I yeah, so they they all take like inspiration. So like there aren't actually like five teenagers that go to a ghost ship, but sure. <laughs> there was like an actual World War II ship that that was like named after and and took inspiration from. And there were apparently like crazy events on on the ship and everything else. And then um, obviously the one we played last last year. Uh, Little Hope is like loosely based around the Salem witch trials and those events in Massachusetts. And then uh, this one, House of Ashes, obviously had the whole like um, Iraq war and the looking for the weapons of mass destruction and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the next upcoming one, which I can't remember what it's called. Devil now. Inside Me, I think. Oh, OK. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar, uh, is actually based on America's very first serial killer. Oh. So, yeah, they're all I, I didn't realize this until like I was looking for for more information to try. I wanted to watch the the trailer again for the next one. And uh, yeah, I, I stumbled into the oh, oh, I know what I was looking for. I wanted to know because um, at the end of the trailer, it said season one or, or season finale or something like that. And I was like, wait, what? I mean, they're done. They're not done. There's going to be eight total, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, there's going to be a break between the first four and the last four. Oh, okay. um, 
I thought you meant but, eight uh, seasons, and I'm like, whoa. Oh, no, 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 no. Eight games. Eight okay. games. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> or eight games are planned right now, so two seasons worth. Yeah. Um, And maybe they'll make more if they continue to to do well. I, I have no idea, but... Um, that's what I was looking for. So I found the, like the wiki page or whatever, like the, not Wikipedia, but the, the wiki of fandom. Yeah. The fandom one. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. I do a walking dead show. <laughs> so there was uh yeah, there was a lot more information there and it was like pulling out all like the real events that were either like recreated or referenced within the dark pictures games. And I was like, damn, I had no idea. But yeah, so like you were saying, there in the first two games, there were like, basically, it felt supernatural all the way through. But then there was a twist at the end that brought it back to reality. And uh, in this one, I guess I kept waiting for the twist. <laughs> but like, <laughs> they showed you the monster in the trailer. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is what is this game? Like, it was so different from the first two um, Dark Pictures games that I, I don't know. This is honestly, I'll just be completely upfront about it. And I think I said this on the stream too. This is my least favorite of the three. Um, it's the one I had, I identified with the least. Um, I don't generally love um, like military games, like shooter games. Um, I liked original Call of Duty and like Black Ops and stuff, but even then <laughs> that stuff went places and I was like, ah, I don't need this in my life. Um, and then the like monsters themselves, because they were so like out in the open. And also for some reason, the character that I picked to start off as versus the character that Ryan picked, it felt like you were getting all the scary monster sequences. Like, I don't think I really interacted them with them at all until the end. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was it was super weird. Yeah, there was some um, balancing issues. And, and I think I felt the opposite when we played Little Hope, where um, I was asking you what was going on while I was mm. kind of waltzing around wondering what was going on. Um, and I'm sitting there shrieking because yeah. I have this little dead witch girl chasing me with her freaking voodoo dolls. <laughs> Just breaking controllers left, right and center. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You're right. I had forgotten that that, it, that was also kind of an imbalanced um, experience in terms of, I guess, the scares. And I didn't find this game scary at all. I think um, I had one jump moment, but even then it wasn't like a full on jump. It was more like a startle. And that was like right near the very beginning when you're kind of like all standing in like a, a sun shaft, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the characters is standing right on the very edge of it. And they get kind of grabbed from the darkness and pulled away really quickly. And there's a really loud noise. And it was more like the really loud noise <laughs> than it was because you're all just kind of standing around like, hey, is everyone OK? Is everyone OK? And then it's like, <laughs> so it was more like the noise that scared me than what was actually happening. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can, you've seen that in the trailer too. Yeah, that moment. <laughs> the early parts of this game um, that include the monsters are all in the trailers, all in the, all in the gameplay uh, sort of demos that they did um, leading up to the release. So, like the idea that there are these monsters uh, in the game is not a spoiler. Like it's right off the bat. Uh, it's based uh, as you said during the Iraq War. Um, they really do use the search for weapons of mass destruction as like. Um, 
a reason for them to be in that specific area because they believe they've found like a weapon silo due to like a heat signature hand wavy new satellite technology yeah <laughs> the, we're the military trust us hand yeah. wave <laughs> yeah, exactly so they come in and, and they feel like oh this this heat signature is the reason we're here we're looking into it um although they don't really do much of searching for it there's like an attack and there's this like sinkhole that opens up and then that enters into the region where they thought they felt like was uh the weapon silo so and when, even when they're down there they're still looking for it they're like all right let's go find these <laughs> weapons. yeah now that we're in it because originally they were like interrogating the iraqi civilians that they found mm -hmm. in these buildings and basically saying like where's the entrance where's the entrance and then they just kind of like fall through the ground in this cave-in <laughs> and then they're like oh well now we don't need to know where the entrance is like screw you shepherds yeah. <laughs> like, let's go find those weapons and surprise surprise there's no weapons <laughs> yeah yeah so again very much like reality <laughs> yeah and they play into it like uh you know they play into it really really hard in the sense that like at the beginning of the game you're uh, the character i was controlling rachel which we'll come back to um <laughs> played by ashley uh, tisdale uh who we was like this she's super familiar and i think we got as far as jimmy in the chat saying that she was uh some old disney channel uh, uh actor. alum alum <laughs> yeah thank you but you know i oh um high school musical i guess was something that popped oh, up. oh yes yeah yeah someone but, said high school musical that's yeah. true which are know. two things I never engaged with. We didn't have cable as a kid, so yeah. Disney stuff was not on my radar. And then, yeah, I was a little bit too old by the time High School Musical was coming out. So yeah. I skipped yeah, straight to not three because that was the coolest one. Oh, so. my God. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I've never seen a High School Musical, but I'm sure uh -huh. the people who love it, it's, it's fine. It's all good. Um, we only kid. Uh, but essentially, like at the beginning of the game, you're 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 controlling Rachel and like they're playing like the actual clip from the mission accomplished clip uh, with uh, Bush on the warship and stuff. And it's like the actual news clip. So I'm like, yeah, they're leaning into the, you know, time frame, the location. Um, but quickly, that stuff kind of falls to the wayside, uh, at least during the bulk of the game when you're in these catacombs and you're being chased by these monsters um, I really felt like this game was much more, from a co-op perspective, much more disjointed, where mm -hmm. Jocelyn and I weren't really playing together as much as we were playing apart, and then coming back together, and then separating, and coming back together. Yeah, we didn't come back together nearly as often as I felt that we did in the previous games. Um, it was, And maybe it was... Um, just by like the nature of the caverns or mm -hmm. something and we would kind of like it's like the entire group was split up so you know we would go and pay and play like one pair of characters over here and then their story would kind of hit a a roadblock or like you know the, like they would they would conclude their section basically and then you would jump over to some other group of two and then kind of play. But then, I, yeah, I also felt that like, because you were playing the Iraqi soldier a lot. And then I was playing um, the colonel that was like in charge a lot, at least at the beginning. Um, although I really felt and I think that this is kind of the way these stories are written in general, which is kind of by design uh, and, and kind of a necessity. but. Um, his story really kind of stopped. And I noticed it way more 
in this one than the other one. And I think it's because this the team of five was so split. Like, I think they were split into three different groups for them for most of the game. And uh, you really felt when a character like had its death moment and then it's like, if you make it through without killing that character, they're like, well, we can't really do too much with that character because there's a chance that you killed them. So they just have to kind of become background. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And and then so when you have all five of them together, you don't feel it as much as when everybody's off kind of in pairs. Right. So, yeah, that that was kind of like how I kind of felt. Because, yeah, you were playing the Iraqi soldier a lot and you were playing Ashley, a lot, not Ashley, Rachel yeah, a Rachel. lot, which was also a mistake that we made all the times calling her by her actor name, not by her character name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so I think a character I noticed that with that specific example that you gave was um, Eric, uh, the ex-husband or the husband. And we should get yeah. into the dynamic the of Colonel, who betrayed yeah. who and, and who was the worst person ever. Uh, and all that fun stuff. But Eric, like the second he, so I think there was a, so in the games, you find these like pictures on the ground and they, they give you premonitions. They give you um, examples of what could happen to your character if you make a specific choice. And I always find like they do a really good job at sprinkling them around throughout the game early enough that you have to remember them. And I think this is where you benefit playing the whole thing in one sitting because mm -hmm. you remember. They're also very vague. Yeah, very. Yeah, but but they give you enough that when you get to that moment, you're like, oh, this is that moment where I saw Eric fall to his death and and Ashley or Ashley Rachel falls to the side and she's fine. But clearly Eric is hurt. And it's this moment where. Um, oh, he wasn't hurt. He was eviscerated. Yeah. So he got Tomb Raider death scene. Yes, uh, I think he you were did. <laughs> and uh, but in that moment, you you quickly realize like, oh, um, Eric is holding on to Rachel. Uh, they've got this rope and she's dangling off a cliff and they're trying to stay away from uh, the enemy captain who has a machine gun and you don't. Um, and you basically realize like, if I don't cut this rope, I'm going down with her. And then you in, in your mind, you're like, oh, that premonition of him falling onto a stalactite. I think we also had that <laughs> yeah, conversation. Like, they, they make you, they make you feel like you really should do the thing. Like mm -hmm. you should hang on, you should, you know, save your ex-wife and be the bigger person and whatever. Um, and that's like the right decision but if you do that, you would fall off the edge and die. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing where the premonitions really help you because you may not even necessarily see the face of the character, but you'll see enough of the surroundings that you can kind of make an educated guess, which I like because they're they're very they're very much clues. They're not like spoilers. Uh, I'll say because then uh, there was another one that I saw that was one of the characters getting his neck broken and I couldn't even tell what did it. Um, it was that uh, like grainy and hard to see and he was like surrounded by fire and I was like I thought he was going to like explode but then his neck broke and I was like what's happening. <laughs> so and that character in our playthrough ended up dying because I didn't I wasn't able to interpret the the premonition correctly. Mm. Um, so yeah like I don't know it just. Um, this one in particular, I also found like the um, the premonitions were really hard to find because they were kind of like carved in these like ancient tablets sort of deal. And in previous games, they've been like pictures on the wall. So like it's super easy. Like if you see a picture, you go look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but in this game, it was like 
the whole entire thing was was rocks, right? And ancient tablets and and everything was sand colored. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that. I think we found like four instead of I think and I think there are like 12 or 16 to find at least. Total. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we did miss a lot of those. But um, in the end, I think what uh, got us uh, one of our characters killed, I think it was Nick. Um, we didn't we didn't really like the characters as much as we did um in the previous games i think there's always like one character you really don't like yeah it was the older guy in little hope i felt i really didn't like the older guy um who was basically like the the oh okay um and then i'm trying to remember in man of medan it's been a while now since i've played it um i think it was just there were there were bad guys in Man of Medan, like the pirates, I think. Yeah, the pirates. Yeah, there were the bad pirate guys. But like of your your crew of people, I feel like there wasn't anybody that I really like disliked. Um, I thought that all of the characters were, were well written and like they had their character flaws, which is fine. Like not everybody has to be like a perfectly likable human. That's not realistic. But um, at least everybody like... I got invested in their characters and I liked it, liked them and I felt that their their dialogue really flowed and in this one like I mean your your main five characters are three of them in a in a love triangle <laughs> so they all basically like hate each other and have this really weird thing going on and then you've got the like communications officer I think or he's kind of like the maybe next in command i don't honestly guys i don't have a military background i don't know what all of these different things mean he had a little microphone thingy he was like whatever the call sign was number one and the rest of them were like two and three so i thought he was important maybe he wasn't Um, you're talking about yeah jason yeah yeah. (laughs) he was the most likable guy at the end i thought um I, Other than I think um, the Iraqi soldier that you played oh, yeah. all the time too, he was he was likable as well. I thought. Yes, they did. Um, but a really the other good job three, the the love triangle three, um, Eric, <laughs> Rachel, and, and Nick. Nick were awful people. Awful people. <laughs> like yeah. Rachel was the absolute worst to the point that I was like. I like don't want to cut the rope. Like I also the one of the premonitions I got was actually about her. And it was like she's gonna basically run down the center of a hallway and tripwires are gonna go off and, and explosions are gonna happen. And then at one point my characters had the option to either put tripwires along the middle of the hallway or down the sides of the hallway. Ryan, I almost put them down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, part of me kind of just wants to murder her because she was such a terrible character. But I was like, honestly, like, I'm cutting this rope whether I'm going to fall off the side or not. Because you know what? I just don't want to talk to you anymore, Rachel. Bye-bye. <laughs> like, she was terrible. <laughs> yeah, she was not great. And I and I feel like she also um, struggled, like, from not just the character, but from the acting side of it. I, I think that... Uh, her performance wasn't as strong as the other character. Like everyone was really solid. I just felt like hers just wasn't as good. And I, I don't know if it was because the character, maybe just the way they portrayed the character because she, she comes off as someone who, um, I don't know. It's like she, they were She's all, not very sympathetic. She at wasn't all. at all sympathetic. And she was more concerned about this 
relationship uh, situation, and so was Nick, and so was Eric. Eric and yeah. Eric and Rachel are seeing each other for the first time after being a year apart. Um, the game really doesn't give you a reason to, or the backstory for you to understand why they may have loved each other at one point. Although there is a scene that kind of shows them on their honeymoon, and there's like a throwback to Little Hope, uh, but it's literally just them driving through Little Hope. <laughs> it's uh, I thought it was gonna be more and it wasn't it was just literally the sign and a, and a diner um uh but besides that like they don't really give you a reason to maybe want to patch the relationship back up but there's literally mm-hmm. a moment in the game and and Nick is also pushing Rachel like you got to tell your husband you got to tell your husband and sure enough the husband shows up it's like oh my god he's taking over our operation this should be awkward um they're like running away from the monsters this is like the last quarter of the game and then Nick is like, okay, we got to talk about this right now because there might not be another yeah! time. And I'm like, really, <laughs> dude? You're going to distract everybody in a room where clearly monsters have been to talk about who, like, basically say, you got to pick Who's one of fucking us. fucking who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I had the same reaction. And then, like, I was playing as Eric, the husband. Yeah. And I was just like, honestly, I don't care. You're a terrible person. You're making horrible decisions and endangering the entire operation because you're going to get us killed because you want to stand here and talk about stuff that doesn't matter. You two go be happy because I don't want anything to do with this hot mess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just um, I think like the game is structured well enough, similar to the other ones. I think the struggle I have is that the story they tried to tell with with the specific character stories of of this love triangle it uh it didn't hit home for either of us like i think no. right off the bat it didn't help that yes I mean, this is going to be brought up by somebody it might as well be me it didn't help that the first choice we got at the beginning of the game i betrayed jocelyn and and uh and, and killed her character <laughs> um uh it is what it yeah, is so that that set a tone for sure yeah because yes. the thing about dark pictures is that they usually do like a, a prologue right so they'll uh that you have to choose your characters and you go through this like before kind of story or like you know previously sort of deal and uh so as you're playing through we play we were playing through um ancient like I, I don't even know what civilization it would have been, but was it like 2900 a, uh, BC or something? Yeah, it was, it was like 2093. Long, like... long time ago. Yeah, which I don't think that would have been Egyptian, but they were um, Egyptian-esque, I would say, just because of like the giant temples and the obviously slave population and, you know, like there was the the dictator on the giant throne and gold everywhere. Um, so it like that's the vibe it gave me anyways but so we're playing through this and like i was playing as like the imperial guard person and ryan's playing as the escaped slave and we're running through the tunnels and i'm like you know we're running from these monsters and i'm like the only way we're gonna get out of this is together and ryan's like yeah okay let's go let's do this and we're we're going through and then all of a sudden the the monsters are coming and there's this moment where we both get to choose do we stand and fight together or do we betray and i'm like fight and ryan's like backstab stab 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 <laughs> <laughs> i was like what the hell yeah uh- 
in my defense, and there's not much uh, of a defense, it's basically just... I thought we were bros. We were. We were. In that moment, I felt like, let's give the stream... Because we, we had about an hour of technical difficulties, and I said, let's just... That's true, yeah. Let's do something that is going to set <laughs> it's the... It's going like, to get people talking. Exactly. So what does Ryan do? He uh, he chooses the... You know, in, in these types of games, you're given this option, like... Here's your two choices, the nice choice, and then the you're a dick choice. And I picked the you're a dick choice. I don't regret it. It set a tone for the whole thing. And honestly, the game played into our hands. And then we ended up playing, and then we ended up playing either side of this broken marriage. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I got to say, like, the tone set with that betrayal fit right in because I, I, the first thing I say is like, oh, I guess um, I'm playing as a character who uh, has a husband but is cheating on him. So that's probably going to come into play. And uh, I guess the character's name is Eric. And then Jocelyn's like, uh, I'm controlling Eric, and I'm coming <laughs> into the room right now. And I'm like, well, this is about to get real interesting real fast. And then, like, so because I already knew you were cheating on me because you told me yeah. <laughs> over voice, um, I just... <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. I took the total asshole route and I'm like, I'm taking over this operation. This is mine now. I'm your commanding officer, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's really like no reason like the character wouldn't know, but throughout no, the game. No, no, the character wouldn't know, no, but I knew. You knew. And I mean you even probably... if you hadn't told me, I would have known in my soul. <laughs> yeah. Um Again, like, I think the game leans into uh, this love triangle. And again, like, I think everybody in this love triangle has, like, flaws that are just like, I don't know if I want to be playing these characters. And even when the shit is hitting the fan, they're still distracted by this, you know, past relationship that has clearly fallen apart, but they haven't communicated. And this new relationship that is, I think, like, feels very new, but is like kind of well yeah weird. they said it was like three weeks old or something and i was just yeah. like oh my god yeah. <laughs> you guys are acting worse than teenagers right now yeah but uh yeah it just uh, for me i think it was because that sort of a story didn't necessarily fit in that setting and i don't mean in the military setting because i think that like that's it's definitely a story that has happened and fits and you know everything else um you know, like you hear all the time, at least in pop culture. I mean, I don't have a lot of military friends or anything, but in pop culture, often they'll talk about, you know, like husbands going away and wives cheating or whatever, what have you. And, you know, people getting deployed to different places and, you know, things happen in the heat of battle. And, you know, like it's not a super out there story. It's pretty tropey, if anything. But I think that the thing that makes this so different from because there were definitely like romance stories in um Man of Medan or like storylines like there were coupled off people um I can't I don't think there were in Little Hope cuz Little Hope was like based on a family right so um but anyways uh point is with the introduction of like it, I think it's twofold First of all, you have the fact that you're right in the middle of a military operation. Like, save that shit for after. (laughs) Like, I don't know too much about the military, but I know that the military is not down for those kind of shenanigans. Like, when you're on an operation, you're on the operation and you leave everything else behind. 
And then I think the other part of it is because the monsters were such a clear and present danger right away and like that was the thing that they were supposed to be dealing with, it didn't feel like there was a lot of downtime. Like even times when, uh, and you, you also had the Iraqi soldiers down there with you at the beginning, right, too. So it's like the threats were twofold. These like monsters that only some people were seeing, but the people who weren't seeing the monsters were seeing the the like enemy soldiers. And it's just like, it just wasn't the time for yeah. both of those reasons. So it was really hard to get invested because it felt so shoehorned in. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a really you know, good way of putting it. And and again, like, I think if it weren't for the fact that the game plays on that love triangle throughout the whole thing, right up until the very end, uh, they they are touching on it. I could see if they, like, you know, uh, made it a thing at the beginning, even for the first half of the game, and then they kind of... And you you saw a little bit of them kind of putting it aside, but then there was that moment that brought it all back in a very awkward way that was like, okay, buddy, really... And again, like, you know, ignoring that side of it, there's like a whole other part of this game where, um, which doesn't happen very often, where we're sitting there and, you know, like these mystery games, and I think this happened with Little Hope and probably Man of Medan, where Jocelyn has that more, like, analytical mind is, like, constantly processing of, like, what could be happening next? Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And uh, we're playing, and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, there's monsters, we're heading deeper into this cavern. Like, it's either ancient civilization gone wrong or aliens. And uh, and this is where we get into the real <laughs> meat of the spoilers. It turns out it was ancient aliens. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was ancient right. ancient alien civilization. Yeah, so Ryan was right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like uh, you're right. Normally, I do try to, like, solve the mystery. Except I didn't feel like there was a really big mystery here. No. Like, when you said, oh, it's probably aliens, I'm like... That is the most obvious of obvious things. No offense, Ryan. No, it's fine. And and so I was like, they're like, it can't be that, right? Like, it can't be that straightforward. And honestly, the what I was kind of thinking in my head was like, maybe it was some sort of like ancient primordial like disease or something that like when it infected different things, because you had the like those like bat like creatures that were the monsters you saw in the trailers. But then they like infected humans and the humans turned into vampires, which was weird. And then like, but then also later on, there were these weird like parasite things that were also involved. Like it was, it was a lot of different things, but um, yeah, like I was kind of thinking like, okay, maybe they go the route of like, there's this like infectious, like slime or gas or whatever. And you know, like it, there's this ancient disease and that's what's turning. It mutates every species differently. Yeah. Um, but then in the end, it was like, no, it's just fucking aliens. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it was. Don't dive any deeper. It's just aliens. <laughs> yeah, they, they do go a bit like um, it's interesting, like it, the game. And, and this is also really cool. There are a lot of other properties that um, when they are doing a take on a specific uh corner of the horror genre they will ignore the fact that that thing exists in that world so like yes. walking dead zombies didn't exist until the, the the dead started walking um uh i won't mention another example because it's, it's yeah because it's soon. pretty new i um, but i was thinking the same one exactly yeah. <laughs> but in this like right off the bat 
they are talking vampires based on what these monsters seem to be doing, which is uh, feeding on their prey, letting them live. And like they kind of they have their own angle to it where um, I guess the idea is these monsters are um, they're biting their their prey, which is then like injecting them with a specific thing that makes their adrenaline um, heighten and makes them uh, makes their fear more heightened. And that then processes the body for for further feeding down the road and then there is the other side of it where um no it's like they instead of sucking their blood they inject them with their own blood and that's kind of like similar to the you know vampire mythos of of like turning people into vampires but Mm -hmm. in this it's like preparing them to be um a more satisfying meal i guess and like that leads to some moments in the game it's like marinating your food exactly yeah (laughs) You went there. And uh, essentially, like, the, it kind of goes from there where um, you you see people coming back who you thought were dead. And then you um, you have those folks turning into zombies. They kind of look more like zombies, but they're kind of like pre-vampires. Because there are there is a vampire running around, which is the character who is yes, um, yeah. the last person to survive at the beginning of the game, which was me, of course, because I killed Jocelyn. Um, <laughs> and so my character from the from the prologues running around as a vampire, which I'm kind of curious about that, because obviously, like I got the same decision as you at the very beginning to either fight or betray. Hmm. So it, I, I'm assuming that if you had chosen fight and I had chosen betrayal, then my character with the armored beard would have been the main vampire bad guy and your character would have been the the slave guy would have been the one that was found like half um alive decomposed half alive yeah whichever i guess is your glass half full or half empty i guess i'm in a (laughs) positive mood tonight um but then i wonder what would have happened if we had both chosen betrayal or we had both chosen fight like maybe there's like if we both chose betrayal one of us wins the fight between the two of us and then if we both chosen fight the other one is the last to die in the fight against the monsters maybe like there's got to be some balance right but uh yeah it would have been interesting like what happens if we both chosen to fight instead of chosen to fight each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah the like as the game like kind of progresses and there's sort of like pulling back the layers of this ancient civilization. Like it was um, a civilization that arrived on earth and they don't really get into the idea of like, well, was this civilization good? Was it bad? It was more just something had happened to them. It's more they're anti-human, right? Like, yeah, they're not us. So they're bad. Like, (laughs) yeah, but they like uh, the, there's no, you don't see like the aliens and sort of like, sometimes when you, you get these kind of stories, you get, one of the aliens has survived and he's good or, or, or she's good. And, and she kind of like gives you that last bit of exposition of, as to what happened. You don't get that. There was like a past expedition that had arrived and that's kind of how you get a little bit of the layers explained mm-hmm. um, uh, from the, yeah, the archeologists. Yeah. Yeah. From closer to the forties, world war two era. And uh, they communicated via music and, <laughs> Oh man, we oh, should talk man, about that, that puzzle. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if we want to go into detail on that one. It's a bit, uh, you should check the VOD. Basically, there's just, yeah, there, there's, you could go check the VOD, but we're pretty sure because there was, there was one puzzle where we both had to interact with the same thing and right. like make circles with our control sticks, we think, 
But also chat room is was pretty sure that the game just felt sorry for us because we weren't doing anything properly. Like we they're like, oh, yeah, they communicate using music. Let's use this organ thing to maybe open something up or something. And it's just like, yeah, no, we were not making any kind of meaningful music. We just went in circles until something happened. And um, hey, it worked out. And yeah, but I think the game was like, you guys have been doing this for way too long. It's time to move on. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting awkward for everyone. Yeah. Uh, And uh, that's the equivalent of puzzle solving of doing nothing, saying nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so at the end of the game, uh, as you're progressing through, the idea is that these characters are like, they find this ancient civilization, everyone makes it into the bottom cavern, they realize like, oh shit, there's a lot more of these monsters in this in this catacomb, thousands of them in this in these cocoons. Um, and you decide like, okay, we need to we need to blow this up, essentially. Which like, what a stupid decision. Like, honestly, they did not have enough firepower to go after everything. Everybody was sleeping. Like, why not just kind of quietly tiptoe away, leave and come back with the firepower of the freaking U.S. military that you're a part of? Like, did you forget who you are? Like, call for backup. Oh, God, that was so frustrating. It was like, oh, my God, look at all these mounds of all of these monsters that we can't even defeat like one. Oh, like, let's definitely go make them mad. (laughs) I um and I mean I, yeah that's pretty bad. Uh, although I'll say this like I kind of jumped ahead. I skipped over a point that I thought was really interesting, where um there are these moments in the Dark Pictures games where your choices really do matter. And I think there's a moment where on your side Eric discovered that the monsters were susceptible. He has like one UV flashlight that is constantly yeah. being bumped around. He constantly is fixing it. <laughs> And, he's the uh, worst. He's he the couldn't worst. even hold on. Like, you have the one weapon that could maybe potentially hold them back, at least hold one back, yeah. and you can't even keep it in your hand. Like, yeah. he's constantly breaking it. And uh, but but it comes to a point where you know Rachel's uh, clearly been been infected. Um, and I, and I looked into this a little bit, and I guess there was a moment where uh, Salim, instead of shooting the monster that was on Rachel, can defend himself. And I chose to defend myself. Uh, in that moment, which really doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, so Rachel is infected and she's clearly turning. And there's a moment where um, you have the option to to shoot her or, you know, question her or try to find a way to, to fix her. I think a re- like some of the characters are like, well, let's put her in this like formaldehyde thing that was keeping this, you know, 3000 year old or 4000 year old soldier alive. And um eventually like well let's try to burn eric's like well let's try to burn it out of them and use the uv uv light and it leads to like what i found to be the creepiest moment where like it basically sends this like parasite that is you know much must have done some damage crawling out of there because it was very big right it was big <laughs> yeah and it was like oh gosh it was the grossest or we part just learned something about rachel oh dear uh and then <laughs> and she's totally or fine I guess maybe nick <laughs> yeah and she's fine <laughs> She survives. She doesn't complain about uh, any any anything after that because uh, she's no longer infested. She's she's just very upset that she, this thing was uh, was inside her, and she's like on a warp. I think she grabs the UV light and she's like running around trying to find this parasite. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, it was it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, is this going to lead to a jump scare? 
Uh, no, it just led to her being very angry at this monster um, thing. And I thought that was a really interesting way of like taking what probably was a lot of choices and a lot of moments where you're, you know, not dropping the UV light to make it work at the very end so you can save Rachel. Like that was one of the saving moments in the game where if you had enough choices working against you, she would have died mm. or we were even thinking like do we do we kill her is she gonna turn is she gonna take yeah because it gives out? you the option and it gives you a long time too because there were a lot of other times where you could have like um there's this there's this mechanic where you have to like move your cursor and like shoot or cut or like target something basically and uh it's my least favorite mechanic in the game yeah because it just like it's so hard to do sometimes and uh anyways yeah so like i was felt like i was standing there for a good like 30 seconds with everyone yelling at me like kill her kill her and i'm standing there not as her ex-husband i think i was playing uh jason at that point yeah um and and like i had to like choose to to not shoot her and i just had to stand there and do nothing while i had this like the crosshairs on her face basically <laughs> yeah and uh, it was in, in that moment where it kind of worked out where we were like, OK, good thing we didn't we didn't do that. And we were able to like process and, and keep her alive. And and she ended up living throughout the whole game. But like, I think some of our choices, some of our dialogue choices definitely left us with a moment where there's a moment where we send Nick in to set the bombs and he decides to go further in to do more damage and set more bombs, which definitely puts him surrounded with the monsters. And he actually makes it out alive. I thought was the right choice because um, you have that, like we were talking about that, like super first vampire dude. Um, he's like kind of doing the, the slow stalking walk behind you. And so the options basically are like push in further or turn back. And I'm like, well, if I turn back, I'm going to turn back right into this vampire thing that I can't kill. So I guess I'm going to keep pushing forward. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it turned out to not be the right choice. <laughs> well, I think it worked out. Well, it's weird. Like, it's hard to say because at the end of it all, he he does survive. He he. No, um, he doesn't. He's he got his neck broken. He well, died. Well, he he survived that initial blast because that was the, we thought he died in the explosion, but he he didn't. Oh, he, right. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. And yeah, he, okay. he goes through the radio and there's I guess there's a moment where uh, you could have had the radios work better um but we didn't because a character had died and and again like i think this one this game had a lot more of the like doing nothing is definitely an option and is actually required to keep some yeah in your remember favor. when you murdered that guy <laughs> yeah that was my bad again like uh that was an accident that was an actual accident um <laughs> The betrayal part, Ryan, that was not. Yeah, Ryan gets a button prompt and keeps mashing the button, and I'm telling him, like, stop, you're killing him. Both me and my character in-game are like, dude, what are you doing? You're killing him. <laughs> and Ryan's like, no, I just have to keep mashing this button and choking this guy out. <laughs> sure enough, Ryan killed him. <laughs> yeah, I was not happy with the game at that moment because I really feel like <laughs> the game trains you to hit every prompt that comes up but but again like yeah there's very much um so for the most part like when you're mashing the buttons that feels to me like a moment where you my experience with these types of games is that's something you have to do but like there's very clearly a moment when um when you're aiming 
and when you're talking like doing nothing is an option and that makes sense in the narrative but i guess i i wasn't really paying attention enough <laughs> uh and yeah i i was just more preoccupied with i can't miss the, the button prompts because that's how people <laughs> die um but, but essentially like there are a lot of choices that lead to this moment where he will uh, nick will be over the radio and he'll say like i'm still alive come get me i'm just outside the entrance and eric gets the radio call and he's just like oh it's just ghost chatter and he basically walks away and we're like if they had a stronger relationship would that have worked you know because we did play them against each other obviously throughout the whole game we did yeah because of the the angry love triangle <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so he died in our playthrough but you know i know we got to move on but i'll say this about the very end where you escape the catacombs and then the eclipse happens which has been foreshadowed throughout the whole uh game mm-hmm. Uh, the eclipse happens and then a bunch of monsters come into the catacombs it's like well why the hell did we spend all this time blowing them up if they're just gonna fly out anyways and and have enough survive that you're having this very cool moment confusing but cool moment where the four of you are in a a, four of us because i nick died uh are defending yourselves in this in this small um house and it's kind of going back and forth between characters and I thought that was a really cool cinematic final stand as you're like, okay, how many minutes do we have to survive? An eclipse lasts six minutes. It's like, okay, and put the timer on the clock. And I thought that was a really awesome action set piece to end the mm-hmm. game on. It was really, really strong and left the game at, at, a, at a very good sort of final moments. Because I think the final moments of the previous two games were kind of very much impacted by the twist because the twist kind of deflates yes, the balloon yeah. whereas in this one the ending pumped it up because it was like a more action oriented ending where you felt like yeah people could die but like at that point you've learned like what you need to know to to get through this this moment with your um with your button prompts and stuff but uh the ending also has like it had a little bit more of a of a mystery ending and i think they took advantage of the the military side of the story where they could do a little more you know hint hint mystery stuff of like there are people talking like they it i don't know it seemed to me to kind of lean into like the whole x-files side of things where like the military was aware of what could have been going on here like they knew more than our characters knew i don't know if you got that sense um or if you at that point it was playing like right at the right at the very end yeah Yeah. i didn't really i didn't get that sense i felt like that was more of a like, I don't necessarily think they knew more. I think it was like that was just a, an internal affairs investigation kind of thing where it's just like uh, we need to debrief everybody and figure out what the hell just happened. Because yeah. um, do you see the crazy like <laughs> monster statue things? Yeah. OK, all the gargoyles <laughs> around. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I guess you're right. Like it did seem it didn't seem like they like in X-Files, like whereas like they knew what was happening and it kind of seemed like more like they had seen some shit before. So what was happening didn't really surprise them, but like they were trying, they were just very calm about the whole thing as if like, this is not their first rodeo. And I kind of like that. Although if it was just like another military branch coming in to clean another military branch's mess, like I, I also got that vibe as well. So yeah, that was more like kind of what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I don't know, like outside of the obvious, which we've already talked about, like I felt like it was um, it was an OK 
entry in the series. I agree with you. Not my favorite. I still think Man of Medan is like a very solid start to the franchise. Um, this one kind of falls. I, Little Hope. I didn't really like Little Hope as much. So I'd, I'd put this one above Little Hope, but not by much. Mm. You know what? And I think because I mean, Little Hope's my favorite of the three. And I think that it really comes down to I felt like Man of Medan when I was playing through it with Josh. Um, it was very, very balanced. Like we both had action sequences around the same time. We both had scary things going on. Like it all kind of, it felt very balanced. And then I think I liked Little Hope the best because I had a lot of super scary moments and you didn't as much. And and I think that the House of Ashes was the same, but flipped where I really didn't enjoy it because I found it kind of boring. Um, but that's because you were having all the action sequences. So I think that maybe um, the the second and third installments in the series maybe just weren't as balanced as Man of Medan was. And uh, that's maybe their their biggest failing and and hopefully something that they kind of take a look at when they're um, making the final installment in season one. Um, again, uh, the devil, the devil in me inside. Devil inside me, I think is what it is. And I, I could be wrong because I, I know it's got devil in it. So and me. All right. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so uh, that one is coming out next year. And uh, yeah, so you guys know what we're doing for Extra Life next year. <laughs> and speaking of Extra Life, we had a fantastic game day this weekend. Um, if you would like to donate, donations are open until the end of the year. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. But we hit our goal. Yay. Yes, we hit our team goal. Uh, I know that uh, we're still going to be collecting donations until the end of the year. There are other streams that are happening. Uh, yeah, we are doing more streams. So I actually ended up upping my goal to 2,500. So I'm at 2,100 right now. And uh, yeah, it goes to a great cause. All of the donations go directly to uh, the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And also it's tax deductible. So if you guys do want to make a donation, again, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. That brings us to the news this week. And like we alluded to off the top, uh, we got <laughs> some Nintendo movie. I'm not necessarily going to call it news. I'm going to no. say rumors. Um, but uh, apparently, according to an earnings call, Nintendo is very happy with the upcoming Mario movie. It's almost done. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're going to get it before 2022. It is still a year out, but um, they're very happy with it. And there's rumors of a Seth Rogen-led Donkey Kong. And uh, so he does, Seth Rogen does play Donkey Kong in the Mario movie. So like I was saying at the beginning, it feels like a natural, like, next movie except like i want i want a freaking zelda movie so badly oh ryan why <laughs> well i mean there's a little bit more to this news as well in the sense that nintendo has said they want to look at other ip as well and in my mind yes, that means yeah. not just mario like um no no it sounds like they're they're ramping up to to make like the nintendo movie universe or like yeah and it's the um the animation studio is the same ones that did um despicable me right like all the minion stuff yeah and they uh they have a, a new movie each year so the idea being here is that nintendo doesn't they've already they've also said they don't want multiple projects in production at once and if the mario movie yeah. is essentially done 
that means they can move on to the next project, which again, lo- as you said, looks to be the Donkey Kong movie. And, you know, I-, I think, as you said, like that's a solid, you know, next step in terms of you've got an established franchise with Mario and then you've got um, a whole other cast that you can play off because there's a lot of Kongs. Oh, there's so many. And it's so good. That was what was one of my favorite games was the the Donkey Kong Country on the 64. Yeah. I played the crap out of that. <laughs> oh man. And you can have so much fun with all those characters. You have Funky yeah. Kong. You you know Cranky, Cranky Kong. <laughs> yeah. And Cranky's gonna be in the in the Mario movie. He's gonna be voiced yep. by uh, Fred Armisen, which I think is good casting. And again, like I I think this is good news. I know uh, there probably and I've uh, there are probably some you know, cynics out there are like, well, yeah, production company likes their own movie, so they want to make more. It's like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know, that that you could kind of look at it that way. But I think Nintendo, until uh, until I'm proven wrong, um, when the movie comes out, if, if it is bad, then we'll know. But like Nintendo is usually pretty good at um, like they don't make movies. Right. But for good reason, because they had a really bad experience. And I think that if they're impressed with what they're seeing, like, I think Nintendo knows what's what's good and what's bad. Like I I I I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I feel like if they think it's really good <laughs> after having 20 years of not making movies uh of of their own properties, like they've obviously been their harshest critic when it comes to adaptations. So I I don't know, I just yeah. Well, and I think too um the the whole thing with uh Nintendo properties as opposed to some of the other things that we've seen like Tomb Raider and obviously we haven't seen the movie yet, but Uncharted Um, There's a lot of story in those games and there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of background information. Like even if you just follow like the main quests of those games, you don't get all the information. Like there's a whole bunch of like side things to collect as well. And, And so there's a lot of story and world building that happens in those video games. And there's way less in Nintendo games, right? Nintendo games are very simplistic they usually follow a formula and the thing about that is that it means that you can do a whole lot of world building and nothing feels left out in in a movie where you just kind of have bare bones and you can flesh it out however you want so i'm cautiously optimistic i feel good that nintendo's happy with it Um, i'm sure i'm gonna go and watch it but um, yeah, like I don't know. I think I think this is this is all good news, and I mean, I'll take I'll take more geeky movies all day, every day, except for no more Sonic. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> Not that we want to end two <laughs> podcasts on a Sonic uh, note, but uh, you know, speaking of cautiously optimistic, I mean, this will be really quick. Mass Effect Five. It was N Seven Day. I don't know if you noticed that, but two days ago was supposed to be like the big Mass Effect celebration. And mm-hmm. each year it's quieter and quieter. And they usually at the tail end will release some concept art for the next uh, Mass Effect. Um, we got another teaser image. Like, again, this game is probably not coming out for another three, if not four years. Yeah, it's years. still a, a long way out. <laughs> yeah. But like this image, um, it, it uh, we have the trailer from last year. It was only a year ago that we got the trailer, the confirmation that this game was um was really happening it was being made yeah, yeah. and um it had liara it's definitely based in the, in the milky way there's hints as to it you know bringing in andromeda in some fashion and like a lot of people are looking at this image and um they're seeing like geth in it they're seeing the pathfinder outfits that are from andromeda um mm-hmm. so like the image tells us nothing. It's just a ship with four people exploring a crater. Yeah. <laughs> it really cannot be read that into. It vaguely looks like a Geth head. <laughs> yes, I, I saw that as well. And again, like, 
I um I much per- I don't know about you, but in terms of like talking and hyping up uh, and and marketing a new game, I much prefer like the the trailer side of the marketing, not the here's a concept art, you know, please be patient type thing. Like I'd rather them kind of like I don't know, like uh, I want the game to come out sooner than, rather than later, but I want them to take their time. But I also don't want to be teased like this, like getting a new concept art every year. Um, I kind of want to know what the game is about. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want too much information. I don't know. The thing that I find really interesting, and we might have talked about this when the trailer dropped last year, but um, the thing that I find really interesting is the inclusion of Liara because it means that like with Andromeda, that was so disconnected, right? Like the arcs were sent off, the whole Reaper War happened while they were floating through space trying to get to their destination. Like it was completely removed and they had no idea what had happened back on Earth, right? But in Mass Effect 5, bringing Liara in, it means that we're going to find out canonically like what happened. And if the Geth are figuring pretty prominently, then that's really interesting because of how the game could have potentially ended, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I picked the the merge organics with synthetics was my choice. And then um, I know some people chose like destroy all synthetics. So I guess the, the, um, the medium <laughs> decision is maybe the one that they decide to go with as canon. Because <laughs> Liara definitely didn't look like she had any synthetic bits. <laughs> no. And here's the thing, like um, my favorite part, I'll say that like I've already touched on what I don't like about this long lead up. But what I, my favorite part is, is that there are a lot of people who know a lot more about Mass Effect than me. And um, they've gone into like uh, to the to the levels of like reading every little codex and and also playing, you know, every little corner of Andromeda, which I did not even do. No, I, yeah. I played quite a bit of Andromeda. Um, but uh Basically, there's there. So Liara does have a connection to Andromeda. She she knows of the initiative. She's directly, um, dis, you know, talking with the original Pathfinder who passed away uh, at the beginning of Andromeda. And so she has that connection there. She's aware that they went to Andromeda. But also, I guess there's like some hints in the background of Andromeda that the Geth were using the mass relays as sort of these like long form telescopes to look into other you know, galaxies and being synthetics, they easily could have just similar to what we do in sending probes out to, you know, uh, the far reaches of space. We just you know uh, do the math, send a robot out and, and uh, you know, make sure we, we hear back to a certain degree. And again, like with the Geth, they could just pick a direction and, and fly and, and report back. You know, they're very advanced synthetic organisms. So like, I guess the Geth, you know, um, could have left the Milky, if they left the Milky Way, they weren't impacted by the destroy option. Yeah, that's true. Or the um, or the the merge option, because again, yeah. all of that was like galaxy specific. I guess that's fair. Yeah. So there's like a lot happening. Like it's all fan driven, and I think that's the thing where you can get into that side of it where you're like reading all these theories. But at the end of the day, I'd rather just know what's going on based on like Bioware. You know, like what's the yeah. story you're trying to tell, as opposed to being like look, here's Liara, yay, you know, and I love Liara, she's a great character, I love Mass Effect, but I I, I want to know what's going on, and I think that's the only thing that's going to, like, maybe um, help fans rest easy as we as we do this long wait. Um, 
I kind of like where Dragon Age has kind of gone about it with Dragon Age 4. We've known about it for a while. We have the premise of the game because there was a cliffhanger from Inquisition and we kind of know where they need to pick up from there. And they've, they've essentially told us where they're picking up, dealing with Solus and stuff. But they've gone dark. They, they are giving us the concept art. They are, you know, giving us small details. But like, not to this degree of, of teasing. I feel like this is teasing, to be honest. <laughs> oh, poor Ryan doesn't like to be teased. I don't, <laughs> especially when it comes to Mass Effect. Uh, you won't have to worry about it until this time next year. Because, <laughs> I mean, like you said, it, Mass Effect 5 is so far out. It's not even probably going to be significantly worked on until after Dragon Age has, has been released. So uh, we'll go, we'll keep you guys up to date if we hear anything else. But uh, if you haven't seen the teaser image, it was uh, shared on Mass Effect Twitter uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes to the article if you want to see a high-res version and try your own enhanced CSI investigating of the image to see if you can crack the code and see what uh, BioWare, is, BioWare is trying to tell us. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to join the conversation and share your theories, go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.